All right. We want to thank everyone for being here today. And uh, we just want to bring out a few things in, in God's Word. If you have your Bibles, go to the 21st chapter of the book of John. First chapter of the book of John. Um, how many of you know that um, you have a more enjoyable time eating when you've detoxed your body? Everybody know what I mean when I say detox? You done use the bathroom. You're not full of waste. And so you, you you enjoy food better, and that's the way it is with the uh, with the Word of God as well. God's Word is meant to detox us of anything that's worldly, and that's what helps us to enjoy His Word and to take it in better. One of the uh, problems that the Lord had with the Pharisees was that they wanted they wanted God's Word, but with all the other mess that they already had the you know the law of Moses and things like that and so and their own traditions and customs and so uh, we're going to read the 21st chapter of the book of John uh, we'll start reading at verse 15 it says so when they had dined Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these he said unto him yeah Lord thou knowest that I love thee he said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Now, I think that's interesting. Uh, we won't bring out everything that we can here. But here in verse 17, uh, Peter finally acknowledged that the Lord know, knew all things. If you remember during the three or so years that Peter was walking with the Lord, that the Lord would say something and then Peter would correct him on it. And that's what would get him in a trap, you know, and that's what would cause him to, um, that's what would cause him to fall. And that, those were the things that would cause him to fall short. Um, he didn't acknowledge that the Lord knew all things. So the Lord would say, you know, well, I'm going to be crucified and in three days I'm going to be raised up. And Peter would, the Bible says Peter would pull him to the side and rebuke him. No, be it far from you. That's not going to happen. And then the Lord would say, well, you know, Peter, the day has come. You're going to be sifted like wheat, but I prayed like I prayed for you. And uh, when you're converted, strengthen your brothers. 
and uh, he would tell Peter, you know, you basically you're not ready to go to the cross with me. And Peter would say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And uh, the Lord said, no, you know you're not. He said, um, before the cock crow three times, before the cock crow once, you're going to have denied me three times. And Peter was more adamant, and the rest of them joined in with him. And so that was Peter's problem. He was a disciple of the Lord, but didn't want the Lord to disciple him. I know more than you, Lord, see. And so here, if you notice in this instant that the Lord don't call him by the name that he gave him, he called him Simon. Why? Because you, you keep denying what I'm saying. I'm going to have to call you by your birth name instead of the name I gave you. At some point, you're going to be Peter. But in the meantime, he tells Peter to feed his sheep. And so let's go now to the third chapter of the book of Second Peter, and let's see Peter feeding the large sheep. Now, the third chapter of the book of Peter. Now, this was the, what we just read in the 21st chapter of the book of John. As far as we know, that's the last conversation that the Lord had one-on-one -on -one with Peter where he's actually addressing Peter by himself. And we know that there were times when he talked to all of them, you know, together. But in that instance, the Lord was addressing Peter, and that's one of the last things he tells Peter outside of how he was going to glorify him in death. But he tells Peter, um, feed my sheep. He told him that three times. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And so, here in the third chapter of Second Peter, this is the last recording that Peter writes. This is the last chapter. These are his final words. Um, these are his final words to mankind. Everybody understand? That's, that, this is the final, as far as we know, these are his final words um, to mankind. That the Lord, well I would say that those are the final words that the Lord is speaking through him. All right, so we'll start reading at verse 1. You start reading for me. Uh -huh. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Everybody see that? So he now he, look at what he says, which I stir up, what kind of mind? Pure. Your pure mind. By way of remembrance. In other words, this is something that you knew before, but apparently it's done got away from you. So now let me stir up your pure mind to remind you, in other words. All right, go ahead and keep reading. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. By who? Holy, holy prophets. Everybody understand? Go ahead and keep reading. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that's, that, now, this is the first thing you have to know. That there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own love. Everybody see that? Now, that, that, was, that was something that they dealt with uh, back in that day. And he's saying in the last days, in other words, the days that we're living in now, that there would come scoffers. 
So he, he, so there we see from verse 2 to verse 3 the contrast. You got holy prophets and you got apostles who were sent uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And on the other side of the token, there are scoffers. So um, I looked up what scoffer means. It means someone who jeers or mocks or treats something with contempt or calls out in derision a disagreeable person, an unpleasant person. In other words, a person who is not agreeable. Now, so when, when the Bible says that in the last days there will come scoffers who are walking after their own lusts, then in this term it's talking about those who disagree with God's holy prophets and his apostles. In other words, and what they preach. Let's go ahead and keep reading. So how now this is telling us where they're going to disagree at. Go ahead and keep reading. Verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Everybody see that? These, so here's the idea. Now, everything that's in his word is, it, it, we can, uh, the Lord is talking to us. If it's in his word, he's talking to us directly. And so what he's saying is this, these scoffers, they're going to ask, where is the promise of his coming? Now pay close attention, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. What he's saying is there are going to be people, scoffers, who have gotten used to junk. And in their minds, they're going to challenge God about, well, where's, where's this coming? Y'all been saying he was coming, but everything has always been the way it's been. Everybody understand? We'll bring this out a little bit more. Go ahead and keep reading verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant. Everybody see that? There's a such thing as willful ignorance. Go ahead and keep reading. For this they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God. By who? The word of God. What happened? The heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Everybody see that? The earth in the water and standing out of the water. Does everybody understand what they're saying? Yes, if you look at a globe, you'll see some of it's blue, which represents, I think, two-thirds of this world is water, if you do the math, and then a third of it is land. In other words... If you look at the globe, you could see God's mindset in his creation. Two-thirds water, a third earth. And he said that those things is, is, is that way because of the word of God. Go ahead and keep reading. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Everybody see that? Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, what did it do? They were judged by water. Everybody understand? The world was judged by water. The whole world was. So the Lord saved eight souls. Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives. And so, everybody, let's read verse six again. 
whereby the world that then was being overflowed with the water perished. Okay, go ahead and keep reading. But the heavens and the earth, which are now. By what? By the same word. Uh-huh. Are kept in store. Are kept in store. Does everybody understand that? So this is the picture that the Lord is painting here. So at, at some point, you'll see how the Lord, um, when he created this earth and he, he formed it, he, put, he, he set the boundaries that the water could not cross. In other words, this is going to be land. The water will use that for fish and other animals that I fix and I prepare to be able to live in water. And then the dry land will be for the rest of us. And he set boundaries where they could not pass those boundaries. The water couldn't. But then the day came where people got comfortable with sin. And God judged the world using what? So then, in Noah's day, God judged the world used, using water, using rain, and water. Now... People make the mistake of thinking that it was just all rain. All the rain did was lift it up what was already here. Everybody understand? That's the reason why he's not... Peter isn't referring to this as rain. He's referring to it as water. Everybody understand? Rain itself don't kill people. Rain coming in and, and over flooding what's already there and causing the water that's already there to rise, that's what gets people. Everybody see so, you, so keep this in mind now, from the beginning of time, the Lord made this earth where it's two-thirds water and, and a third land. And then mankind got out, of, got out of their place. They began to sin and come up with all kinds of wicked imaginations. And God judged them with water. Where water covered the whole face of the earth. And many, many souls died. You know, not in, not just human beings, but animals as well. And then God told the water to go back to its place. Everybody understand? He told the water to go back to its place. Verse 7, read verse 7 again. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word... Everybody, by the same word, what? Are kept in store. Are kept in store. Why? When you store something, what what are you planning on doing? Let's well let's keep reading. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. Everybody see that? Keep reading. And perdition of, of who? Ungodly. Everybody see that? God set water in the boundaries as a reminder to us. I've destroyed the earth one time. I plan on doing it again. So you may say, well, Brother Bowden, what about the rainbow? God set a rainbow in the earth. What was that rainbow for? It was to remind us that what? That he wouldn't do what? He would not destroy all the earth again with water. So let me ask this question. Did God ever use water again to judge people? Yes, he did. You find it in the book of Exodus when the Egyptian army tried to run down the Israelites. 
and he still does it today. Water is a reminder of God's judgment. The same way you heard me say before, when my children were being raised, I kept a belt around me at all times. I love you, but if you get out of line, this is what you're asking for. So this is what Peter is trying to bring out. Judgment is always at hand. Always. Everybody understand? Mm -hmm. Not for believers, not for those that follow God, but for per perdition, the perdition of ungodly men. Everybody understand that? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. But beloved. Everybody see what he's saying there? He's talking to people. He's saying beloved, not who he loved, but who God loves what? Be not, Be not ignorant of what? This one thing. What's that? That one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Everybody see that? Go ahead and keep reading. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. Mm -hmm. But it's long suffering to us work. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. Everybody see that? He's long suffering for us to come to repentance. Everybody understand? So he said, don't, don't count slackness like what you would in your mind. A, a thousand years is as one day, one day as a thousand years with him. In other words, don't think that you have all the time in the world to repent, to get it right. He's talking to the beloved. Everybody understand? A thousand years is as one day, one day as a thousand years with the Lord. Let's go and keep reading. But the day of the Lord will come. How? As a thief in the night. How do, how do thieves of the night come? Do they knock on your door? Hey, I'm just here to steal your stuff. Thank you for buying this TV for me. <laughs> how they come? I, I was sharing, I think I shared with my wife yesterday. What was yesterday, the 27th? Yes, sir. And yesterday made 40 years since my brother been gone. 40 years. I, I was telling my wife he was killed at exactly 1 o'clock uh, on a Tuesday afternoon on um, November 27th of 1979, before most of you were born. I was telling my wife, I, I guarantee you when he woke up that morning that he did not count on not being there at 101. Because God's words mean what it says. He comes as a thief in the night. Everybody understand? Even when you're sick and you know you're about to leave here, he still comes here as a thief because you don't you still don't know exactly when you're gonna leave. Everybody understand? He he comes, everybody see that? He comes as a thief in the night. Now here's the thing for those people who play with the Lord. To you it'll be a big surprise. To us who don't play with the Lord, we ready whenever. Everybody understand? That's the difference. The Lord might not tell everybody what day we're going to die on, what hour. But for us who, Peter is the last message he writes. In other words, following the command of God to feed his sheep, he's warning the sheep of God. Do not <coughs> slack up. Do not get comfortable. Everybody understand? 
He's <coughs> trying to make sure people understand that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Go ahead and keep reading. Reverse there. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, mm -hmm. and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Uh -huh. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? In all holy conversation and godliness. Everybody see that? So this is sad when the Lord comes back. If you believe that everything is going to be burnt up when he comes back, the heaven and the earth is going to pass away. Peter is challenging us and asking us, what person do you think you should be? Knowing that there's going to be an end to all things as you know it. Everybody understand? In other words, what he's telling us is live like you don't have tomorrow to get it right. Live like at any moment the Lord can come because everybody don't get sick to die. And even when people get sick, they praying that the Lord will let them live. So we have to live. So when we make decisions, in other words, when, if the enemy ever come to tempt us or try to pull us back into what we've already been pulled out of, he says, you think about this when you're making your decision on whether or not you're going to give in. Everybody understand? Let me prove that's who he's talking to. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 22. Verse 21. No, let's back up. Let's back up to verse 19. Start reading there. This, the second chapter, the same book. Start reading at verse 19. While they promised them liberty... They themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Everybody see that? All he's doing is reiterating what the Lord have already spoken. If an unclean spirit go out of a man... He walking through in dry places, seeking somewhere to live. In other words, looking for a human being to get into. If he don't find another human, then he comes back to where he was already cast out of. And he's hoping that you're not standing on God's word. He's hoping to catch you slipping. Everybody understand? And if he catch you slipping, he comes in and he brings seven more. In other words, he brings reinforcement. You're worse off than what you were before. Go ahead and keep reading. It had been better. That's the reason why you hear me say, when I know somebody got a devil they want to keep, then it's their devil. I'm not interested in casting out devils out of people who, who don't want to be freed. Because if they don't want to be freed, they'll be worse off than they were before. Go ahead and keep reading. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness uh -huh. than after they have known it to what? turn away from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Everybody see that? And I'm telling you, that's what people can't stand, the holy commandment. Do you all know why I use or why the Lord have me to use 3 o'clock? How, how many of us still have a problem with 3 o'clock? Still know on the inside of you 3 o'clock is a problem. Do everybody understand what I mean when I say 3 o'clock? Three o'clock is 
uh, the Lord telling you, I want you to go out. I want, I want you, like, for instance, if a husband tell a wife, you be home by 3 o'clock. But she pull up at 3.03. That's a wife that has a problem with 3 o'clock. In other words, I'm going to purposely be late because you told me what time. You didn't have to be that specific. This, this is the one that's with the subtle rebellion. You told me 3 o'clock, but I'm going to show up at 3.01. Or you told me 3 o'clock, I'm, I, and I'm going to get here at 2.50, but I'm going to sit out in the car to 3.01 to prove my point. And the Lord had me to use 3 o'clock because that's when he died at exactly 3 p.m. That 3 o'clock represents flesh being crucified. Everybody understand? See, ain't nothing. So he's talking about to turn from the holy commandment. Everybody see that? You've been taught how to live. You've been taught what God wants you to do and to turn from that. It would be better that you, you wouldn't have even known the way. Everybody understand? Go ahead and keep reading. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. What? The dog is turned to his own. And how many of you have ever done that? How many of you have ever thrown up? And how many of y'all felt like, you know, that's, that's okay. I still see some good green beans in there. <laughs> I'm going to wash that off. We're going to fix this up. We're going to... They gonna be wondering what kind of what I did to read. Yeah, it's gonna be some real refried beans. <laughs> so if we have enough sense not to eat vomit. No matter how cute the children are, you don't want to eat their vomit. You don't want to eat your vomit. If we have enough sense not to do that, then we ought to have enough sense not to turn around and go back into the things that the Lord has pulled us out of. Because spiritually so, that's what you're doing. You're eating your own vomit. Now, what makes people vomit is it's something bitter on the inside of them that their stomach don't agree with. And God, by his grace and mercy, said, you know what? You don't have to finish digesting that. Because it might get in there. If it go through your system, it might be a disease in there somewhere. So I'm gonna, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting something in your stomach. That's going to let you know when it's something bitter on the inside of there and you will want to throw it up. Now, don't fight against it. Now, how many of you have fought against it when you were when it was inside of you to vomit up? But, you know, that's your body's natural reaction. And that's what people do when the Lord preaches word. They fight against what God is trying to pull out because the Lord knows that's bitterness. Everybody understand? That's what makes people throw up, that bitterness. How many of you, when you vomit, you notice that you almost start sweating like your whole body temperature changes on the inside? That's that bitterness getting ready to come up, you see? How many of you feel better after you vomit? And that's the Lord's will. No, don't eat crackers to try to get it dissolved in there. Everybody understand? Throw it up. <laughs> all right all right go ahead and read verse 22 again but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb 
The dog is turned to his own vomit. It's turned to what? His own vomit. How? Again. Again. What? And the soap that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. It's talking about pig. Everybody see. So what the Lord is telling us, don't get comfortable in sin. Don't get comfortable in sin. If you know there are some things in your life that the Lord is not pleased with, there's a reason why he's not pleased with it. Everybody understand? And what it is, is something on the inside of you that he want to pull out. And you have to allow him to pull it out. Don't get comfortable with it. Don't go buy a whole box of crackers and try to shove that down your mouth. Everybody understand? Yes, sir. All right, go ahead and let's go back to chapter 3. verse. Let's start reading at verse 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Everybody see that? We're that now he's talking to us as believers. We're supposed to be looking for. Everybody understand? We're supposed to be looking for that day. Not praying that God, Lord, just just you know, a little bit more time, Lord. Everybody understand? As believers, we're supposed to be looking for that day. Everybody understand? So I could ask the question, how many people in here right now are ready to die? You've taken care of all the business you need to take care of. You've told everybody that you need to tell that you love them. You've gotten everything straight that you're supposed to be, that's supposed to be straight in the things of God. Everybody understand? How many of us are ready to die today? Now you answer that when you're within yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, what am I waiting on to get ready? Everybody understand? In other words, live like the Lord can take you in the next minute. Everybody understand? All right, read verse 12 again. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Everybody see that? We look for, we, we look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness now i'm gonna ask this again and you can answer within yourself are you ready to die today have you settled your account with hell everybody understand this is this is peter doing exactly what the lord told him to do feeding the sheep of god have you settled your accounts Are you ready to meet the Lord? And if you can answer within yourself, I am not ready, then I can tell you that you're not living in peace either. 
true peace, the true peace of God, comes when you are ready to meet him. Everybody understand? That's true peace. When you are ready to meet the Lord. Everybody understand? Now, let me tell you what, what, what the issue is. When you're, not, when you're not ready to meet God, then you in yourself pull away from him. You distance yourself from him because you know he's holy. You know that there's some things that you might be doing that he's not pleased with. And you're not trying to do anything about it. And so what it does, when you're not living in the peace of God, then it puts a distance between you and him. Not that his hand is short, not that he's distanced himself, but what did, the, what did the Lord tell us in the prophets? I haven't separated myself, but your sins have separated between you and I. Everybody understand? So if he tells, if he tells us through his prophets that our sins is what separates us from him, then what make us think we can live with sin and still go to heaven? Everybody understand? You can't. If sin separates us from him down here, if we believe the word and sin separates us from, from him down here, then what is it going to do up there? Where's the separation up there? Is it another earth up there? Like was where folks like a purgatory where folks can pray themselves in and they get upgraded until they get there? No, there's no upgrade there. Everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. What 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 happens? Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Everybody understand. Go ahead, keep reading. Wherefore, beloved, uh -huh. seeing that ye look for such things, do what? Be diligent that ye may be found. That ye may be what? Found of him in peace. In peace. Everybody see that? You don't have peace if you know there's some things in your life that the Lord is not pleased with. And he's telling us to be diligent so that we may be found of him. How? In peace. Lord, I'm ready to go right now. You may let me live another 50 years, and then that's fine if you do. But if not, I, I'm ready to go right now. I'm, I, do, I know right now I'm doing what's pleasing in your sight. So at any moment, I can go. And then when we get to that point, then the Lord says, you know what? Now I can use you to an extent that I've been wanting to use you. Everybody understand? Because flesh is crucified. Go, let's go ahead and keep reading. Read verse 14 again. Wherefore, beloved, uh -huh. seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent uh -huh. that ye may be found of him in peace. How? Without spot. And what? And blame. Everybody see that? Without spot. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you before you you women? How many of you before you came here, you looked in the mirror to do your hair? Or to see how it looks. And what happens when you see something out of place? What do you do? No, it that don't make you vain. You wanna be it's, it's okay to want to be fixed up before you leave. And that's what the Lord intends for us. 
So how many of you had to actually get here, had to go somewhere, had to leave your house to get here? And before you got here, you looked in the mirror to make sure that stuff was in place. Everybody understand? Now, if we have that, if we have that kind of sense naturally, so shouldn't we have that kind of sense spiritually? We're going to leave this place. We're going to leave this tabernacle. We're going somewhere else. All of us. Ain't nobody beat that. Everybody understand? Nobody, even God himself, died when he got here. We're going to leave this place. We need to be looking in the mirror to make sure everything is in place. Our hair. The way we look. Everybody understand? That's, that's God's intent. And so what we do every week when we get together, that is God holding up his word. And when he hold it up, there's your mirror. Here you are. This is how you look. This is how you look today. Is everything in place? Is everything in place? Okay, if you, you see yourself, if it's not in place, put it in place. Let's get ready to leave this place. Everybody understand? That's what he's telling us. Let's, let's get to the place where we're looking forward to that. Everybody understand? Not that we're praying for death, but we ain't running from it either. Lord, whatever day you have for me to go, I'm, I'm ready. Everybody see, that's what the Lord want. That's where he want us to be at. Look at what it says, without spot and what? Blameless. Did he mean what he said? There's your perfection there. That's what that's that's the way the Lord had Peter to put it. Without spot. So if we have some spots, let's let's dub that off of there. And blameless. Blameless. In other words, without any blemishes. Everybody understand? You know what that means? How many of you when you look in the mirror sometimes you might see an ashy spot on your face? <laughs> what you gonna do? You going to scr scratch the rest of your face and make it ash? Everybody see? Those are your blemishes. Everybody understand? In other words, you make the rest of your face match up with what looks good. You can see some good parts on your body. You can see some bad parts. And you make the rest of it look like the other. Everybody understand? You don't have this side of your hair all up here and the rest of it laid down. You you make it all look symmetrical and decent. And that's what that's what the Lord intends for us to have in our lives. It ought not to be one part of us that look like him and then another part that looks like the devil. Everybody understand? So everybody understand that so does everybody I, I, you know we're going to hit this again. It is very important that we understand we can live perfect the Lord told us to be ye therefore perfect. Did he not say that? Yes. Now we're going to go into more detail about what he's talking about. Be ye therefore perfect. I've been preaching for about 25 years. Next month it'll be 25 years. There were some things that when I first started preaching, I didn't know any better. So... 
let's think about it like this. And this is bringing us back to the parable where there was a man who called people to go out in the field. Some of them worked 12 hours, some of them worked one hour, but they all got the same payment. And the ones that worked 12 hours, they were mad because they felt like, why did you hire me out and I've been here for 12 hours and you only gave me a penny, why are you giving him the same penny? So let me just, let's move this over to spiritually speaking. If somebody that's been saved for a year, are they going to have everything down the same way somebody is that's been saved for 50 years? No. But what happens if that person who's been saved for a year die after their first year? And they have not reached to that place where the person who's been saved for 50 years. What happens to them? They go to purgatory and, and live another 50 years and, and get up to that place? Well, what happens? They spend an eternity with the Lord. Just what the, that's what the Lord, that what that what that parable was about. Some folks, they're gonna work a year. Some folks, I mean, some folks gonna work one year, some folks gonna work 50 years. So now, is the Lord unjust? He says, be perfect. So let me ask you this question. How many of you remember me talking about the insurance? I was driving around with no insurance. I didn't know any better. Was I perfect then? Huh? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Let me explain why. Because a child that's in the third grade, if they make all A's, they're perfect. But they don't know as much as the one that's in the 12th grade that's making all A's. That's perfect. Perfection is where you are and doing what you know to do right then. God can't download all of his word and commands in you in that first year. Not even in your second year. That's what the Bible means when it says we go from glory to glory. Okay, I'm going to make all A's in the third grade. I'm perfect in the third grade. But you know what? It don't mean that I can't learn something else. So now, Lord, let's go from let's go to the next glory. Let's go to the fourth grade. And as you're teaching me, I'm going to learn more and I'm going to make all A's there as well. Everybody understand? So does everybody understand what per perfection is in God's eyes? That's the reason why when babies die, they go to heaven. Because they're perfect in what they know as babies. Everybody understand? So now, since we understand it, everybody understand it? So we can move on to the next point. So since we understand that, let's think about this. What happens if I'm in the third grade and I'm slacking? Like what Peter says concerning his promise. In other words, I could do better, but I'm going to get by with C's. Because my mama said, don't bring no D home. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get by with C's. So what happens if you continue and you pass with a C? Just all across the board. What happens when you go to the fourth grade? You're going to be struggling because you were not perfect in the third grade. 
So if you couldn't get it in the third grade, and the idea is let's stack on top of what you already know to do. You're going to be burnt out by the time you get to the ninth grade. You're going to be thinking about dropping out of school when you get to high school. Everybody understand? Yes, you know why? Because you were ignoring what you were being taught in the third grade. And so if it didn't make sense to you in the third grade, it's not going to make sense to you in the fourth grade. Everybody understand? If you were making B's in the third grade and then you drop down to C's and then to D's, then what happens? Eventually you're going to fail. Now with God, he don't do like what they did when we were in high school. Somebody in the 12th grade and they take a ninth grade English. No, that's not, that's not how his program works. Everybody understand? We, now here's how God operates. We do not get to go to the fourth grade until we are making all A's in the third grade. We have to be perfect in the third grade. And, and then we can handle the fourth grade. Now, I personally, me personally, I don't believe that anybody is smarter than the other. Unless it's something wrong mentally, you know. But naturally so, I don't believe there's one person smarter than someone else. I, to me, the difference between people that made C's in school and people that made A's in school were, was dedication. Or you sold out to it. Your attitude towards it. Everybody understand? If my attitude towards perfection and being with, without spot and blameless is, okay, here we go. Then am I going to be without spot and blameless? Everybody see that? And so our attitude determines how many of you had a favorite subject? What did you make when you in that favorite subject? Everybody see that? But every every subject in here is supposed to be your favorite subject. Every subject in here that's supposed to be your favorite subject. People, in other words, people excel with what 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 they condition to love. If I love it, I'm going to excel in it. If I don't, so in other words, what I'm trying to show you is our attitude towards things. So that now back up to what Peter was saying. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. In other words, if our attitude towards living a perfect life and living what's pleasing to God is not right, then we're going to live like it. Everybody understand? Everybody understand that? So when we hear a word that may rub our flesh wrong, we have to learn to love that. Amen. That's what makes us live by it. Everybody understand? This Bible tells us not to despise chastisement. If I despise it, it don't matter how many times my daddy whooped me, I'm not going to learn the lesson I'm supposed to learn. I'm just going to try to figure out ways to be more sneaky about it. If I despise it, but if, if, if I don't despise it, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to straighten up. You know, there's some children that never have to get spanked. 
Never have to get spanked. Some of them never have to get spanked. Everybody understand? So, and I'm saying this to say, getting spanked is not a part of life. Everybody understand? It's not a part of life. It is if you're being disobedient and you, you your attitude towards 3 o'clock is wrong, then you're going to always be looking at the, the borderlines of the, that water as judgment. But is that the only thing God uses water for? To drown people? <laughs> that same thing that he used to drown people, he used it to replenish our bodies of energy. We, we can either drown in it or we can walk on it. That's up to us. Everybody understand? That's something for us to think about. Mm -hmm. So in the times when the Lord have to chastise us, let's not use that as a pity party like, wait, well, I thought God was love. Let's use that as, okay, you know what, Lord? I'm going to step on that. I'm going to walk on it. Everybody understand? You know that's what David did? When the man was spitting in his face, he stepped on that. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to show that I'm not a hothead. There was a time when, when somebody didn't give me what I wanted, and I was going to his town to kill him and his sons. And I ain't never met the man. But in this case, you know what? I've grown from that. Bathsheba was sent. I mean, not Bathsheba, but... What was the lady's name? Abigail was sent to show me the error of my ways. I didn't do it. And so I, I, I walked perfect in that situation after being corrected. And so now God have graduated me. Where now I got a hard-headed son that think he's running me out of the kingdom. And I'm not going to be a hothead about it. Because if I was, I'd have just killed him and just moved on with life. And then I'm walking away from that situation. And then here comes somebody, a, 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 a relative of Saul, coming to spit on me. And hiss at me. And you know what? I'm going to use this to show the world that you can grow past being a hothead. Everybody understand? And so... It is important that we understand. It is important that we understand that, again, we, we may talk about this in more in detail another time, but it is important that we understand that there are not two sides to God. God is not schizophrenic. He's not bipolar. It, 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 he's the same God. Everything he does, he does out of love. Even with, even with judgment, it's still love. Again, you can either drink that water and walk on it, or you can be drowned with it. But all of it is still the love of God. Everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and read, read verse 14 again. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Mm -hmm. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Everybody see that? You see how it's one and the same there? 
His long suffering is is salvation. Everybody understand? His long suffering isn't to give us a license to sin, to see just how long, you know, some of us, we train our children. We tell them we're going to hit them, we're going to whip them, we're going to whip them. And pretty soon we train them to, to know exactly when they pushed our buttons. We train them to be able to know, okay, okay, yeah, so you're having a bad day today, so I'm not going to mess with you. Everybody understand? That's not how the Lord is. His long suffering is salvation. I I had a I used to have a switch I would uh, spank my children with, and I called it redemption. And I would tell them, go go get redemption out of there, like because you're about to be redeemed. <laughs> Your sin have separated between you and I, but I'm about to restore you just in a minute. Everybody understand? Now you laugh, but that's the way we're supposed to look at it. The switch of God is salvation. It's, it is is not to punish us and put us off in a room somewhere. It's to bring us back to Him. Everybody understand? So we we look at the the uh, fish, the big fish that Jonah was in. Was that his punishment? No, that was his salvation. Yeah, that fish was his salvation. Either that or he'd had a he'd had to have a very big belly to drink up all that water out there. Everybody understand? Yeah, and that's the way we're supposed to look at it. When we when if we ever get out of line with God and he has to switch us, that switch isn't punishment as much as it is salvation. Now you think about it in this manner. Think about if I had a switch and I'm just and I I told the child, do not cross this line. Don't cross this line. And the way I do it is I'm just waving that switch back and forth. If they walk into it, whose fault is it? So how can they get mad? In other words, God have set the water around us to show us. This is the judgment. If you cross the line here, I, I can't help you. I'm not going to stop doing this. But you don't have to walk into that. Now, how many of you know that's in the Bible? Yeah, you go to the, you go to the book of Genesis and see what God had put at the doorway of Eden. Everybody see that? Now, they could have been hard-headed and walked into that. Whose fault would it have been? You see? So, everybody see the love of God. It's not, the switch is not to punish people is not to to burn people, but it is for when if you step outside of the borders, you know then by the punishment I've stepped outside of the borders. That's that's not your cue to go into depression like war is me. God is whipping me again. <laughs> that's your cue. Okay, I've gotten off the path somewhere. I need to get back on it. Everybody understand? But that is still the love of God. Everybody understand? Now you understand better what he means when he said, whom I love, what do I do? All right, so let's go ahead and keep reading. Read verse 15. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Uh-huh. Even as our beloved brother Paul also 
according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. Everybody see that? Now it is something that Peter, Peter is mentioning Paul. What happened in the book of Galatians? Paul had to withstand him to the face. Paul corrected Peter in front of everybody. Because the Bible says, Paul said, because he was to be blamed. He was to blame. Everybody understand? And, and here Peter, now Peter can write and say, we're, when the Lord appears, we're supposed to be blameless. He understands that because Paul got on him. And so look at what he says. I, even as our beloved brother Paul. Everybody understand? <laughs> yeah, he switched me that day. But I knew better after that. Everybody understand? Says, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Go ahead and keep reading. As also... In all his epistles. In all, every last, that ain't, that wasn't, you know, just one time thing with Paul. Everything he write is a switch. <laughs> As a, all, all of his stuff, in other words. Everybody understand? All the movies he made. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Speaking in them of these things. What? In which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. In other words, they wrestle against it. They fight against it. Go ahead and keep reading. As they do also the what? other scriptures. Everybody see that? Go ahead and keep reading. Unto their own destruction. Unto what? Their own destruction. Unto their destruction. Everybody see that? So again, here we see the scriptures. Is meant to straighten us up. Is meant to help us to walk a perfect life in front of God. It could either help us, just like water, we drink it, or it could drown us, depending on our attitudes towards it. You can either receive the correction of God and move on. And listen, God ain't walking around just looking for folks to beat up on. If we're making, if, a, if an individual is making all A's in the third grade, what else, what can that teacher do for them? When I was in the ninth grade and I was taking um, algebra, all A's, my teacher, Mr. Scott, he didn't walk up to me and say, well, you know what? I, I still see some stuff wrong. I don't like your handwriting. You know what he did? It was two of us, me and a brother and a, and a guy named Maurice. Everything he taught us, we picked it up right away and everybody else was struggling. You know what he did? He said, you know, since y'all are catching this so quick, y'all go help your classmates. <clears throat> That's what the Lord does for us when we decide we're going to make all A's. Now you can go help your classmates. When you've been converted, Peter, strengthen your brother. Everybody understand? Now, what if I was making C's and I was trying to show somebody how to do something? Everybody see. And so that is God's desire for us. Make all A's in the grade that you're in now. Because you know what? It gets harder from here. You're going to have to go through a little bit more something in that next grade. Everybody understand? And so it's important for you to get everything that you're supposed to get now. Everybody understand? 
And so that's the way we look at it with the, the, the word of God. That we accept it. That we don't wrestle against it. That we learn what we're supposed to learn from it. That we see God the way we're supposed to see him as a loving God. Everybody understand? Because he's long-suffering. But the long-suffering is not like what the Bible says is not meant for us to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. In other words, the word lasciviousness is what we get our word from license. It's not a license to sin. The long-suffering is right now. Now, when I say nobody's smarter than anybody else, I mean that. Anybody can be taught algebra. Everybody understand? I don't believe there's a person in this in this world, unless something is wrong with them mentally, I believe everybody can go to medical school and become a doctor. But it's based on their determination. Everybody understand? And so it is important for us that we don't wrestle against what God has set before us. That our attitudes are right about it. That if we see that we are making C's when we should be making A's, that we tighten up in our mind and start making A's. Everybody understand? That we are perfect in the grade that God has set us in for the time being. And so this Bible tells us that he's long-suffering. So when I say that nobody is smarter than the other, this is what I mean. I might be able to pick it up quicker than you. Does everybody understand? It might come to me quicker. And it might take you a little bit more time. That's where his grace is. Because he knows you. this not, might not be your favorite subject. You might not pick it up as quickly as somebody else will. You might be a little bit slower than somebody else. But that don't make you less smarter than they are. So the idea is, okay, okay. So for those of us who are picking these things up quicker... We go to the to the other person's desk who's not getting it as quickly. And we help them. Everybody understand? That's the way God intends for us to be. But woe unto us if our parents have told us don't just don't bring no D's and F's home. And we have a mindset, C is just as good as A. Because I'm telling you, it's going to catch up with you. Have a mind to make all these. Now, I'm going to tell you where we have the advantage at. How many of you had that teacher who told you, who gave you a book this thick and told you, study the first five chapters and we're going to test on it tomorrow? How many of you had that kind of teacher? How many of you like that kind of teacher? That's what I thought. And then how many of you had the kind of teacher they would tell you, we're going to take a test on the first five chapters. Here's an assignment. And here are all the questions that's going to be on the test tomorrow. If you study this, you'll make an A. It ain't going to be no sneaky stuff going on. It's just straightforward. How many of you had that type of teacher? How many of you like that kind of teacher? That's the kind of teacher that the Lord is. 
We have a book to follow. But every week when we get together, the Lord gives us that cheat sheet. He tells us exactly where the devil is going to test us at. Exactly. And if we're not careful, we'll get complacent with that. I wonder why Brother Bolton always talking about speeding. And then go right out and get a speeding ticket. Everybody understand? Oh, that was ah, That don't even seem like that went with the message. But for you, it did. <laughs> Everybody understand? Every week, the Lord gives us that cheat sheet. This is how you're going to be tested. And we take heed to it. We'll pass the test every time, and we will be perfect. Everybody understand? And that's the Lord's will. Let's read verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things. Everybody before, see that? You do what? When? No, it's a pop test. It's a pop quiz. Everybody see that? You know them before what? Beware. Beware. Why? Lest ye also. What? Being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfast. Everybody see that? Go ahead and keep reading. But grow in grace. But grow how? In grace. Everybody see that? And in the so you see what you're supposed to do with grace? Grow. You grow in it. Go ahead and keep reading. In other words, God is not going to whoop you if you're in the third grade and you don't know algebra. Everybody understand? No, he, he's not going to whoop you if you're in the third grade and you don't know algebra. He's not unjust. But what do we do? Verse 18. But grow in grace. And what? And in the knowledge. Everybody see that? He's telling us how we grow. In the knowledge. God, what? Okay, so Lord, I'm in a new grade now. I'm in the fourth grade. What do, you, what do you expect of me? Everybody understand? All right, go ahead and keep reading. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Everybody see that? So my prayer is that this will, this will help us to understand what we preach when we preach perfection. Know what grade you're in right now. Know what lessons the Lord wants you to learn and pass that test right now. Everybody understand? Do you know why Moses... Why Moses could not enter into the promised land? Because he did something that he knew better than to do. Now let's think about this. He was the teacher. He was the one teaching the lessons. Everybody understand? Do you know why God put up with them people all those years? Because God understood all they know is Egypt. There will be times I have to spank them. But I have to keep in mind all they know is Egypt. Everybody understand? In other words, my grace is for those that don't know any better. They're just going off of what... I want you to think about something. How many years was Moses out of Egypt before God sent him back? 40 years. 
He had 40 years to get Egypt out of his system. Not those people. Everybody understand? So I'm trying to show you that we're supposed to be extending the same mercy. I don't expect somebody that's been saved a year to know what I know or to act exactly how I act. Everybody understand? But I'm going to tell you this. I don't expect for you to be saved for five years still doing the same stuff you were doing last year. Everybody understand? How many of you would have been excited if your third grade teacher had come in and said, you know what? You get to be in the third grade for the next five years. Everybody understand? You'd have quit right then. Or you just y'all can just give me my last little report card. Everybody understand? So don't don't so if we know better than that, naturally so we ought to know better spiritually so. We are not to be in the same place we were in last year. Everybody understand? How many of you had babies? And you know when your baby get here, you don't how many of you feed them steak and, and beans and rice when they first get here? Yeah, you God shows us his nature and God shows us his word by nature. Babies are born without teeth. And so they desire the sincere milk. Everybody understand? And then after a while, what happens? That milk don't satisfy them. They get to cry and they get grumpy. So what do you do? You mix it with what? Cereal. Because now their stomach can stand it. So how many of y'all still eating, grown folks in here got children, y'all still drinking a bottle with cereal in it? No, you graduated. How many of y'all went on, how many of y'all have vowed y'all gonna just drink milk for the rest of your life? That's what I thought. You remember the young man I was telling you about, I think it was last week, that's in a coma, that's all he, that's all he consumes is milk? You know it's possible to just live off of that? How many of you want to do that, though? All right, so if you know you don't want to do that naturally, so then get to a place where you're not doing that spiritually. Get to a place where you can stand to chump on some meat because that's what's going to make you grow. Everybody understand? All right.